Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Acts chapter 2. Go ahead and get there. We'll get there in a minute, but it's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 is where we're going to hang out today. And we're going to get with God and do some business and figure out how to do what's next in our life with the Lord. Okay? Today we're going to look at how to do this wineskin thing as a church. Because what are we to do once we've taken God on the opportunity? What are we to do next once we've been baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit? What do you do next? Those are great questions to ask. And these verses today are going to show us not just what to do, but how to do this wineskin thing. Let's stand. We're going to read verses 42 through 47 together. If you're there, say, I'm there. That always takes me back to my Southern Baptist days. As a little girl, and I loved it. It was something about being a little girl in that pew. Yeah, I said pew. I miss pews. Laying there, sometimes kind of half asleep in the pew. But it did something to my little girl heart when I heard that resounding Amen. That resounding, I'm there. It was like just that picture of everyone with the word of God. It's beautiful. Now let's read together. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Day by day. If we're praying for it, we better be ready for it. Because God answers it. It's not in here. For us just to remember what he used to do. It's in here to prepare us to, to steward for what he is going to continue to do. And day by day, souls were added to their number. Those that were being saved, they're coming. They're coming, whether we're ready or not. But I figure we might as well be getting ready if we're at the church. Amen. The message today is called the wineskin requires devotion. Let's pray. God, we give you today. We give you every day. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We don't want to say nothing that you're not saying. We don't want to do nothing that you're not doing. When we say have your way, we mean it. We trust and we believe what the word of God says. But by your power and by your might, you will pour your spirit out on your people. So we say come and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all smile at somebody next to you as you sit down. Y'all are at the noon. Y'all done rested. Some of y'all done eight. Y'all are just going to be fine. Smile at somebody as y'all sit down. 
All right, the wineskin requires devotion. Like I said, um, I am blessed to bring you the word of the Lord today as we continue on in our sermon series, The Wine and the Wineskin. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on how to knit that wineskin just a little bit tighter, just a little bit better. Now, I want to give us context for what these scriptures are because there was something that the Lord spoke to me this weekend, and it's something that I have felt a, a deeper conviction on as I've grown with the Lord, and even now as I grow in my study of it and how to prepare it and how to teach and disciple and, and pray with people and be with the kids downstairs, anybody and everybody. I think we just all say it that way. Y'all might, well, might as well adopt the way to say everybody because I think we all just say it that way. Just being prepared for everybody that needs the Lord. What the conviction was, was that context matters. Context matters with stories that you got to tell, with stories that you get to hear. But context matters with scripture. Can I encourage and challenge us today that if we're going to read a verse, let's read the whole chapter. And if we go to read a chapter, let's stretch a little bit and read the whole book. And then when we're going to read the whole book, we might as well just keep on reading. So listen, all before this, Pastor Brian and Pastor Lyle did amazing, amazing sermons on what happened all before this. Okay, this directly follows the story of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit had been experienced powerfully, not only by the gathered remaining followers of Jesus, but also by many others in Jerusalem. Okay, all of different languages, all of different cultures. All right. Then Peter gave the first Christian evangelical sermon. Come on. He gave the first one. Explaining that what the people were experiencing was the gift of God's spirit promised by the prophet Joel. Way back, like I said, context matters. Y'all just get in this. It's just all connected. It's all good. So this is what Peter's telling the people. He's telling him what you're experiencing is the promise. It's God's promise upon all of you. It is now being poured out on them by the risen and exalted Jesus Christ. The response to his sermon was tremendous. 3,000 people got saved and baptized and were added to this group of fellowship believers. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I am waiting for my three G's and souls coming through those doors. I want those three K for the kingdom of Christ. I'm not going to sit here pretending to, to wine, skin, thread stuff together and play church and go, well, he might give us five new people. I'm going to pray. I don't want to play. I want to pray that those 3K people come through those doors and we be caught getting ready for them, tending to what God has given us to tend to. So that's what happened. <laughs> Today's passage describes what the life of the resulting community looked like. These verses answer the what's next, what do I do now, and how. So look at verse 42. It comes straight out with it. Your four points. I ain't trying to be Pastor Lyle, but it's like he said, they just come out straight with it. Four points. We got devotion to the apostles' word, devotion to fellowship, breaking bread together, and prayer. Wineskin requires devotion. The first two out of the gate are devotion. Devotion. So... I figured, let's define devotion. Because sometimes we can define things all by ourselves to make us feel way better about where we are. So I figure, let's just go to exactly what it says. 
To devote, the verb, come from the act of taking a vow. The noun means this, profound dedication, especially in a religious form, earnest attachment to a cause, a person, etc. And the third one is an assignment or appropriation to any purpose or cause. Look at this example, the devotion of one's wealth to scientific advancement. You know what that told me? We get to decide where we put our devotion. We get to decide where we put our wealth. And in second service in worship, I heard the Lord very clearly say, I want your wealth, and I'm not talking about money. Your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, your life is wealth to the kingdom of God. It is the most expensive thing, it is the most costly thing, and it is the wealthiest form of anything we have to offer. And he wants it. I think it would behoove us today to do an internal audit of what it is we truly are devoted to. And that's what I'm going to invite us to do as I speak today and unto the finishing and the closing. I want us to start an internal audit together. Because no matter where we are in our walk with Jesus Christ and the Lord, we all can do the internal audit. Why? The internal audit is not unto trying to figure out what's wrong with us and why aren't we wholly devoted to him for the purpose of guilt or shame. It is an invitation to deeper and more intimate connection to be more devoted unto God. It's an invitation. The internal audit from Jesus Christ today and the Holy Spirit is an invitation to do some business. Because the question is, whose teachings are we really devoted to? What are you really devoted to? Ask him. As I'm talking, do these questions with the Lord. He'll show up. He'll expose what's playing more than background music in the back of your mind. He'll let you know. Whose teachings are we more devoted to? And I have this question. Do you know more about Instagram statistics than what's in this book? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Brene Brown. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's nothing wrong with reading and studying, lifting yourself. I'll read it. Hey, if I ever had a chance to have coffee with that woman, I would love to. That woman is smart. She knows what she's talking about. But I don't want to know more about her and what she teaches than what he does. We'd be quick. We'd be quick sometimes to defend our opinion. We'd be quick sometimes to defend that person that's been teaching us a lot and that we have a lot of respect to. But what do we do when this comes into question? Whose teachings are we really devoted to? What is filling your mind, your time, your heart? If we're willing and truly wanting to be a part of what God is doing, devotion unto him. We are willing to expose the things that are keeping us just a little bit behind the fullness of the power of Christ. If we want to be a part of what God is doing, our devotion cannot be divided. It can't be divided. You can't divvy up your goods that thin. An internal audit so that we become aware of what we need next. We become aware of what to look for in our discipleship walk to grow closer to the Lord. This is not a shame thing. This is not a guilt thing. It's to expose you for the sake. It is not to expose you for the sake of guilt. It is to empower you to seek the next steps in your walk with the Lord. 
That's what today is for. What do we need to do to get closer to what God is doing? What do we need to do? What do we need to get rid of to get out the way so that we're more wholly devoted into what he's calling us to? Now we're going to pull these four points apart little by little as we get back to scripture. First one, devoted to the apostolic teaching, the apostles' teaching. Well, what were they teaching? This. Again, ask yourself, whose who's teaching are you really devoted to? Whose information you got more at your fingertips than this? My husband said, I've said this in both, both services. I just need a shirt that says Seth said. Because that's how I start almost all conversations. What my husband said. Well, Seth studied and said. So let me tell you what Seth said last night. So last night we were talking about the apostles' teaching. And he said, you know, I've never met anyone like your dad. There is nothing that he doesn't end a conversation with. There's never a time he ends a conversation without bringing it back to the word of God. And I thought about that and I thought, oh my goodness, you're right. Y'all, my family makes jokes. We crack on each other all the time. And we crack on my daddy all the time. The man could be talking about the weather, news, uh, how the gate is still broken. He hadn't had time to get fixed. But it always comes back to, mija, but the word of God says I can do anything through him and Jesus Christ. And then God did this for me. And mija, you better get ready for when the Lord pours out on your family because I know he's been good to your mother and I and he just goes and goes and goes. My question is, your next question for your internal audit is, are you surrounded by people that can bring you back to the apostolic teaching of the word of God? Fellowship. Fellowship make you uncomfortable real quick if you're actually devoted to it. It'll make you uncomfortable real quick because devotion isn't the same as a visitor. Devotion doesn't mean you just keep getting to visit new people so you never have to get known. Devotion means you stay. Devotion means you receive. Devotion means sometimes you get to love on and correct. Sometimes that means you get to love on and be corrected. Devotion to fellowship will cost you. But my gosh, look, look what happens in verses 44 and 45. Because of their devotion to fellowship, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions. Every day they continued to meet together. This is all unto the Lord adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Because of their devotion to fellowship and they didn't quit just because they were. You guys, these were over 3,000 people from completely different cultures, different language, different needs, different requirements, different budgets, different everything. Different value systems. But their devotion to him and him alone broke all barriers. So that more people could get saved. That was it. That was why. Fellowship is part of the process unto the miraculous works of the Lord. Now we got the breaking of the bread. Eat together. Why? Why eat together? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. But look at this. Breaking the bread means to be one body in Christ, an unbreakable family bond, not just with one another, but with God. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be caught practicing how to get more one with God. And if that means I got to sit across from you at a 10-person table with my four children going crazy, asking mommy for everything but what I've got, that means that's what I'm going to do. And you're going to enjoy it because of my culture, I want you to be a part of every party I've got. And I'm not talking about this culture. I'm talking about our culture. 
Because as far as I'm concerned, if I call you my sister in Christ, you're about as Mexican as I am, and we get to party together anytime we want. <laughs> prayer. Devotion to prayer. I love this quote by Why Revival Terry's. In the book, Why Revival Tarries, the two prerequisites to successful Christian living are vision and passion, both of which are born in and maintained by prayer. You don't get these things by wishing them. You don't get these things by just visiting them every now and then and by, by coming into. I pray that, that we are moved today out of a prayer life of last resort. But we are moved into a prayer life of first priority and utter abandonment. I don't want to be caught praying just because I'm scared and I need a 911 band-aid. Prayer is not our band-aid. Prayer is a part of the system and the procedure unto souls being added to their number day to day. I was reminded of the story of my second daughter when I was praying and prepping this. And the Lord brought to my mind uh, my second daughter... It was one of the first times she ever got into like for real trouble. Like the kind of trouble where mommy needed a timeout and she needed a timeout. It was kind of that big kind of trouble. And I was like, I mean, everything was, and, and nothing was working. Like I, I, she had gotten in trouble and I could see her struggling with that anger. She was starting to shut down. She was starting to shut down big time like shakes, turning red, clenching her teeth. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, this is one of those moments. I could feel it. You know, sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. But I could feel it. It was one of those times where I was like, all right, I need a timeout. You need a timeout. But before I send you to your room, I want to practice. And I want to practice something that your daddy and I value. And daddy and I value, what we value is sending our kids to their room with the tool to conversate with God. Let me tell you why. Because our children have permission to have over-emotion, they have permission to anger, they have permission to have all of that. But we require slash request that they learn right now how to communicate all those emotions with God because he has a two-way dialogue to replace in their mind what they're giving to him. The reason we want him involved in their emotional context, even if they're separate, is because... I don't want my babies practicing being by themselves and practicing the negative narrative that gets stuck in here because they're left to their own devices. I don't want those lies coming in. Will they come in? Yes, but that's the power of the Holy Spirit and my husband and I are fully dependent on him. But see, we're talking about, my husband and I will talk about this tool. We want to get them to learn how to talk to God with all their emotions. That way he's the filler of their narrative, not their own voice. And we're doing all this and I'm like, oh, I got this opportunity. Miha, come here. I want to practice this. You're angry, I get it, but let's pray. I just want you to pray with me, and I'm going to send you to your room, so that way then you can talk to the Lord and pray with him. You don't have to be fixed. You don't have to be perfect. Be, be angry. Do whatever you got to do. I'm talking to her. I'm like, man, this is it. This is that parenting moment your daddy and I have been prepping for. And she looks right at me, and she yells, I don't want to pray. She got a big voice. And I stood there. And I was like, well, that is not how Danny Silk said it would go. Because I used the mommy needs a time. I used all the notes in my Danny Silk note workbook workshop and nothing was going according to plan. But you know what? That resonated with me because I've been there. I get there today. And I asked her, I dared to ask her the question, why don't you want to pray? 
And she was yelling, she's shaking, she's clenching her teeth. And she said, because it's embarrassing. And if I pray right now, that means I've got to let everything go. And I was like, well, there you go. I don't think my child defined the need for prayer better than I ever could. Listen, prayer will disarm you real quick. Can I encourage you? Push through. Push through. The embarrassment is there because something's wrong. The embarrassment is there because there's awareness that something's not right. And you may not be ready to let go of what feels right in your anger, in your shame, and in your guilt. But can I tell you, prayer will disarm you of yourself and allow the Father to come in and know you and work through you. Let's go back to these verses as we move through. Verse 43, they were in awe. I like this word awe. I paused right there with the Lord and was like, awe. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. The first person I thought of when I read this was my daddy. Because I'm telling you right now, if my daddy was sitting here, I'd be more nervous than I already am. Because I think of my daddy now and I'm like, yep, that's about exactly how I feel. There is fear and wonder all mixed up in there. <laughs> I got my own kids now, but I'm still a little scared of my daddy. I'm scared he'll walk through those doors right now. I'll be like, am I standing straight? Did I say anything wrong, daddy? You know? But these people were in awe. And how many of you know God doesn't want to be managed? He wants to be revered. To revere is to regard or have deep respect for someone or something. To be in awe is because you are in a position of complete surrender. You have surrendered everything so that you're empty of your own devices. You're empty of your self-preservation of your defense mechanisms. And you can sit there wholly under, unto the wondrous works of the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, look at the miracle in and of itself in this verse. They had all things in common. How? Remember, these were thousands of people that didn't have nothing in common. Not in the natural. Different languages, different currencies, different values. They were on different, on the spectrum of your journey with Christ, there were some that kind of knew a little bit about him, and then there were some that were in charge of the teaching, and everywhere in between. How, what was the thing that was good enough for them to lay everything else aside so that they would have something in common and they could stay breaking bread together and being devoted in fellowship? Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that we as a church put the stakeholder in the ground today, that we will be unified no matter what comes, no matter what culture throws our way, that we would be unified around Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Because as far as I'm concerned, if that's good back then for them 3,000 plus people, that's good enough for us. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 45, they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as they saw needs. We need the structure and the spirit. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of work with a lot of people. That means 
If you read this scripture in context, that means there were more than 3,000 people around who spoke different languages and from different cultures and had different understandings of value and of Jesus himself. But there were people put in a place that actually were able to see the people that had need. That means there was someone in charge of who was selling what, who was belonging what, and there was someone in charge of the Excel spreadsheet that was taking change of everybody that needed something. And we had, they had people in place. There was a system there was a process, there was a procedure. It wasn't complete chaos. The wineskin is important. The wineskin is important so that we meet the needs of the people. Will we be perfect? No. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for devotion. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness. We need you. We need you. Who's going to take the responsibilities of different areas of the wineskin? I don't know about you, but I want to be caught helping. I want to be caught preparing the wineskin for the people that I'm praying for. Verse 46, they were going to church together. They were eating with one another. Feeding your family is one thing. Now listen, me feeding my family of six is one thing. Me feeding all y'all is a whole other, is a whole other thing. Now listen, I'll do it. I don't want to do it alone. But I'll do it. You can ask my husband. You going to come over to the house? I'm totally fine with that. Not today. But listen, I'm all right with that. If I tell you to come over, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. I want an about number. If I got 20 people coming over, that's fine. That means I will make 40 enchiladas. If I got 30 people coming over, that means I'll make 50. I always want to make 10 to 15 more, right? (laughs) But listen, here's the deal. It's work. The wineskin is work unto devotion. It is work. And without our focus on Jesus Christ, without our devotion, fully dependent on him, works without love will become hard real quick. Works without devotion will become empty real quick. And let me tell you what slips in when you have works without devotion. Comparison, jealousy, anger, bitterness. It slips in there real quick when you're working, working, working. And you're going, I'm here doing this wineskin thing. I'm here volunteering. I'm here working my tail off for this. I'm here at home doing all this while she ain't doing nothing. And why do, I ain't got no promotion. I ain't got no raise. I ain't going, that's what that starts to sound like. That's that internal audit to go, uh uh-oh, why am I getting jelly of my neighbor? There's comparison thoughts and it's making me feel uncomfortable That's because your devotion is starting to slide to somewhere else. Our devotion is starting to get off of him and starting to get on us. I think sometimes the biggest thing, the biggest someone that we appropriate our devotion to is ourselves. We put ourselves in between our devotion to him. And we feel validated in our anger, in our judgment. And so we say, we would be devoted to you, but this happened to me. He wants all of it. 
what is in the way of our complete and utter devotion to Jesus Christ. And then look at this. The people were able to receive with glad hearts. Why? Because they got out the way. They got out the way and they were devoted to something other than themselves. Can I ask you something? Are you ready to be devoted to something other than yourself? Are you ready to be devoted to something than your own preferences, than your own comfort, than your own needs? We were having dinner with some family friends of ours the other night, and it was like, I think sometimes we get this confused. We're devoted to him, and we want what, we want what he thinks is best for us. But sometimes that conversation looks like, Lord, just so you're aware of what I know is best for me, as long as that's the same, I think we're good. Now, some of you have been walking with the Lord for a minute, and you know that more times than not, what you think is best for you, it don't look nothing like what God thinks is best for you. Who are we truly devoted to? Verse 47, the numbers were added to daily because of all that happened. We want the harvest. We want those thousands of people to come to know Christ. We want the souls. But are we willing to give our utter devotion? Because that's what it's going to take. You want to be a part of what God's doing, it takes devotion. I'm not just talking about having perfect flyers, perfect systems. You see, God's going to show up and do what he wants when he wants. I just want us to be caught preparing instead of squandering. I want us to be caught preparing the wineskin of saying, nah, she got it. Nah, he got it. Can I tell you as I stand up here? No, we don't. No, we don't. I give a shout out to every single person who keeps showing up to volunteer Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for showing up and taking on your responsibility and part of this house. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for bringing your kids to Revival Kids downstairs. Thank you for signing up and asking, how can I help? In the first two services, I was so blessed to see a couple of ushers open the door for some mamas that were trying to quietly go out and nurse their babies, and that just blessed my heart. It blessed my heart. Because what that showed me was they understand and they take seriously what they're doing for this house. So thank you to each and every person here. And if you're not volunteering, thank you for coming to church and being with me today. <laughs> hmm. You know, sometimes we wonder as we go to church, like, well, what, what does this teaching look like? You know, we got devotion to teaching, fellowship, prayer, breaking bread. Well, I'm going to tell you what that looks like here at Legacy. The devotion to teaching looks like this. There will never be a person to preach or teach that isn't grounded in this. You will never hear anyone preach or teach from here that doesn't have this as our foundation. Our devotion to his teaching comes here first. 
our devotion to fellowship. We got church. We got team church. We got youth service that happens on team church nights here at Legacy. We got worship nights. We got mommy meetup on Wednesdays for the mommies that just want to go and not be by yourself with all your kids all week. And our prayer here at Legacy, if you've been here for a minute, y'all know we don't play with prayer. Thursdays, morning, noon, and night. If you don't like one of the times, go to another one. We'll be there. Now, breaking bread, here at Legacy, we have dinner parties. That's our practical application for what it looks like to break bread together, to be devoted to fellowship. And that was birthed from a place of utter devotion to God and his teachings. And so we want to provide a place for our body to be able to meet one another, to find those people who you can sit around and break bread with. And so today you'll have the opportunity to sign up. You'll have a QR code today. And when you click on that, you're going to be taken to our website. And our dinner parties are actually divvied up by neighborhoods, okay? So if you find one close to you, go for it. Sign up. If you don't find one close to you or, there are full, or they are all full, please email that email address right there. My husband and I will get you hooked up. We'll find something for you. Now the next slide, if you are interested in hosting, because we need some people to open up homes as we grow, as we grow as a body, we need some more host homes and some more dinner party hosts. If you're interested in doing that, please click on this QR code. There's an application to fill out. There are steps, there are prerequisites, there are qualifications in order to be a host. There's an interview that you have to have with my husband or I. And there's a training you've got to go through. Listen, there's no shame in that. Why we do it like that is because we take it very seriously, the responsibility of those who feed our sheep. If you're interested, please apply. That's what it looks like here at Legacy, to be devoted to the teaching, to fellowship, breaking bread, and praying. If none of those times or places work for you, can I encourage you to take the responsibility on yourself and find a way to do it? Now, as we close, I'd like everyone to stand we're going to pray. But before we pray, I want to invite every single person. Don't abandon the internal audit of where our devotion truly lies for the Lord. Don't abandon it. Keep at it. If you need to do business with the Lord and ask for him to expose, I feel a little stuck in my devotion to you, God. I feel a little stuck in fellowship and who to find to be surrounded by. The Lord is good to do that in a loving way. Now, if we need to repent for the areas that we know, we know we fill ourselves more with that than this, is your time. We're going to have our prayer team come up here. And they'll be ready to pray with you. And I just want to invite everybody to continue on as we pray for revival, as we work through the wine and the wineskin. Just continue to posture yourself before the Lord with the heart of repentance. He's safe. He just wants more of you. And he just wants to be closer to you. He don't want to sit there and point the finger at you. That's not God. He's the safest place we've got. And so if you need to do that, please come up with some of the prayer team today and we're going to pray. Father, we love you. God, we ask for more of you. 
And we say, have your way in us today and every day. God, may we become more and more devoted to you day in and day out. May we completely surrender everything that we have that's in the way of you. God, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.